boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Hello and good morning and welcome to another edition of Talking Greyhounds. Trent Mason Nutter with you in the host chair. Joining me is Simone Fisher on a very exciting night. We've got the uh, Maturity Classic final, of course, at the Meadows tonight. Simone, looking forward to that. Good morning to you. Good morning, Trent. Oh, gee, it's a, a nicer morning this morning too, isn't it? Very bright. <laughs> uh, much better than the past few weeks, although as you can hear, I'm struggling with a little bit of a head cold, but uh, we'll push on regardless. What's coming up on today's show? Well, today I'll be talking to Jamie Ennis about his two runners engaged in the Maturity final tonight and also a very special guest on the show. Peter Ty, part owner of Winx. Wow, that's uh, exciting stuff. Looking forward to that. It's been a big week right around the country as it is at this time of year. What's been making news? The maturity final worth $100,000 to the winner will be decided tonight with Dinah Patty drawing the red box again, putting her up as the favourite. The field is full of young quality chasers and I don't think winning is going to be an easy task, but there's plenty plenty of other things happening on track as well, Trent. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tremendous field and as you mentioned, Dinah Patty drawing the red there. Uh, tonight at the Meadows of course, free entry for everyone, free gifts for kids. Group 1 Greyhound Racing with the Maturity Classic. Stay warm in the heated marquee. Should be uh, pretty good weather out there tonight, so make sure you get along. Heaps of free kids entertainment, jumping castles and the like. Hot chocolates for all, Christmas crafts and face painting. So plenty of uh, hot action on the track and off track as well. So get along to the Meadows tonight if you can. What else uh, during the week, Simone? Well, the Meadows again last week, Tornado Tears. Wasn't he absolutely breathtaking? Wow. <laughs> his performance to win the Destiny 5 All-Stars. It was his first race start at the Meadows last Saturday night. Won by almost 10 lengths and ran a length outside of Space Star's three-year-old record. And he's only two and a half, Trent. So the future of this chaser has got everyone excited. He's had 23 starts and earned nearly almost $370,000. He's an absolute freak, this animal. That uh, race was over after five metres when he pinged the lids and found the front. They just can't run him down. At this stage of his career, given he's so young and with the prize money he's already got in the bank, do you think he can uh, give the, the, the all-time record a real shake? Um, oh, I think he'd probably get close to it. And given that he's a stayer, staying sound is a lot easier than a sprinter. You're not getting um, moved around as much. So you know, two and a half years, even another 18 months of racing, if he got up to four years old, it's not unreasonable at all. It's it, hard to see anyone be- beating him over the distance, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah. Very hard. Even when he doesn't have luck, and we've seen yeah. some of his races, he still he so just smart. chases yep. and smart. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Some news with uh, uh, GRV's uh, ambassadors? Yes, Bernie Vince and Brent Harvey have be re- been re-signed for another 12 months. Uh, we knew about Brent about five weeks ago that he was going to be, be the ambassador for racing. Likewise, Bernie will be focusing more on the fostering and adoption side of things. So good news there. Um, a big weekend of coursing at Longwood last weekend saw Lady Christina win the Victorian Oaks for trainer Gerald Rigg. Yukari took out the derby for the Massena family. Ralu Barbara won the Longwood Cup for Wade Green and the Burt Clark Memorial was won by Bear Left for Ray Hennis. Now Bear Left won at Shepparton on Thursday night as well. So um, that course may have done him done him some good and uh, come out on a circle track and uh, it's all about keeping the, the greyhounds minds active these days and keeping them keen and um, sometimes coursing can be an excellent tool for that so well done to bear left uh, coursing heads to lang lang for the second last meeting of the season next and the last will see the 145th running of the waterloo cup Outstanding stuff. Uh, there was a big race uh, for a Sunday program at sale on Sunday. There was, taken out by Bernardo, who won the sprint final. Uh, that was worth $10,000, defeated Big Flood on that occasion. And on Thursday night at Sandown, Strike a Light, she notched up her 30th career win. 
and took her stakes to over $700,000. She's now the 10th highest stakes money earner of all time. So a terrific record there too. Oh, she's a star. And congratulations to, to George Ferruja, one of our friends here at RSN 927. Uh, and we finish up with news, with some uh, news on the Warrigal Greyhound Racing Club. Yes, they're hosting their annual, oh, not annual, they're hosting a National Adoption Day next Sunday, August the 5th from 11 till 1. So uh, plenty happening all around. Doggy News, from start to finish. RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds. Talking Greyhounds is presented by Christmas in July at the Meadows. Enjoy the lip-smacking Christmas buffet and electrifying greyhound racing tonight. Maturity Classic Final Night. Book on 93 or at themeadows.org.au. <laughs> What's making news around the kennels? Good morning, Jamie. Uh, thanks for talking to us on Talking Greyhounds this morning. I know it's a busy day and night for you tonight. Brooke and yourself have two greyhounds engaged in the Maturity Classic final. We'll start with Trit Trit. Um, you've come up with box two in the final with this, Chasey. Are you happy with the draw? Yeah, it's probably an ideal draw for him. Obviously, closer to the fence, the better. Um, due to his lack of early speed, he does rail really good on the first corner. And as you can see from the heat in the semi, he's really uh, utilised his inside draws to advantage and uh, you know, got through on the first corner when there was you know, a bit of trouble out wide. And that's what probably uh, you know, got him to victory in the heat in the semi. Oh, two outstanding runs. They certainly were. And uh, last week in the semi, I mean, clearly last out, but he just picked the perfect line, didn't he? Yeah, look... Um, I think that's just um, basically a bit of maturity now with his age. Um, you know, he's had over 20-odd starts now and he's raced some really elite company. Um, probably been over 600 metres. You know, he, he's won free-for-alls and uh, just a freshen up, drop back to 500. Um, he really knows how to race now and he's in the zone and obviously he's just running really well. He sure is. Uh, a greyhound that's been running over a, a variety of distances. Uh, are you surprised how well he's dropped back in distance to the 500 when he's been running quite competitively over 700 as well? Probably as a race dog, yes. But, um, you know, as, a tri- you know, as you go to the trials with him and um, he does solo trial very fast. So um, in saying that, you know, if he gets the right runs and can get a clear beginning and that, he can really run fast time over 500. So, you know... That, that being the case, I'm probably not overly surprised, but uh, I still think later on in life, over 600, he's going to be a really good dog. He loves the Meadows too. Four wins there from his six starts. Uh, 29.92 PB in the heat run. Can he go quicker than that, do you think, if he, he gets that clear run? Oh, look, you know, if you solo tried him there tomorrow, he'd run 29.70s, but um, obviously there's going to be probably seven dogs in front of him after going 20 metres, so... Um, it's hard to see him actually running those sort of times that he can troll, um, you know, when he's got to negotiate other dogs. But, uh, in saying that, he's probably just still going to run home in his 1180s. Um, so he's probably going to be one of the strongest dogs in the race. So he'd be finding a line hard late. No doubt about that. Number four, Baruga Brett, uh, comes off three straight wins. He's been racing in terrific form for you also. Is box four a concern for you? Yeah, obviously, um, with high speed. You know, drawn six and seven coming across. Um, the only good thing about Baruga Brett at the moment, he's really racing in the zone. He pushed really hard last week from a wide draw. Um, probably box four closer to the fence. He's a little bit better for him, but, um, you know, he's going to have to do a lot of shoulder work to uh, sort of, you know, 
barge a few of them dogs that are going to be coming across out of the way. But um, the best thing about him is he is chasing well. He feels well. He's had a really good week. So it's just more of a fingers crossed and hope for the best with him, I think. I think with Baruga Brett, the, the thing about him, he, he takes any line that he can take that's available that opens up, and he, he just looks like he'd chase through a brick wall as well. Yeah, that's right. His last three runs have been pretty much outstanding. Like, he's win at Sandown three runs ago, and then obviously he got a soft heat and he got through that well. But last week is what really caught my eye. Basically, he had no right to win, but uh, he still found a way to win. So um, that being the case, he's going into the race full of confidence, but... Um, he's still going to have to um, negotiate those high-speed dogs coming across early. And I guess that's the only, uh, if you wanted to say a chink in his armour, perhaps not, that may be a bit harsh, but just he can be a little bit hit or miss early at times. So he's really got to time this right, doesn't he, like you mentioned. Uh, not a lot of pace either side of him, but it's what's coming down from the outside. Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, his chances are going to be become of how quick the six and seven do come out the boxes if, only one of them comes out quick. Well, I do think he's not without definitely a place chance in the race. If they both come out quick coming across, well, there is going to be a lot of heat coming across. So, you know, he's racing well. He feels well. He's had a really good week, like I said. And if things work out his way, I'm sure he'll be in the finish somewhere. But, you know, it's, it's, it's more wishful thinking that's uh, going in there confident. So which one out of the two, Jamie, would you be putting your money on? They're both, one's 480, one's 460 uh, at the moment with the watchdog. So what sort of greyhound, if you're going to suggest to someone to have a bet on one of yours, which one would you lean to? Oh, the 100, the one trick trick three weeks ago was sounded even better than <laughs> the 460 on offer at the moment. But um, no, I'd say trick trick each way. I think that uh, I've no doubt he probably can run the quickest last split in the race. And if there is a little bit of trouble in front early, um, he's very smart around dogs, so he could put himself into the race at some stage. And I guess a sentimental favourite for you too, um, he's, as he's sired by my bro Fabio. Yeah, that's right. And we bred the dog. We reared him here. So um, obviously, you know, from having him basically since he was born, um, you know, it's, it's very, he, he hides very regard in the kennel anyway. Well, best of luck tonight, Jamie. I know um, not going to. I'm not saying you're going to need it, but uh, just best of luck for a safe run and that one of your dogs gets home for you. Thanks a lot, Simon. Love your doggies. The Greyhound Leader, RSN nine two seven. Okay, Simone. Time for fast times. Well, Robert Britton's had a few tornado tears, of course. A forty two ten over that seven twenty five metres at the Meadows last Saturday night. Bacali at Geelong over the five twenty ran a twenty nine seventy two. And Big Bang Tears are thirty four oh six over the five ninety five at Sandown. Big Flash Margin ran twenty seven thirty three over the four eighty five at Horsham for David Jensen. Billy's Bake had a quick thirty seven seventy nine win at Ballarat over the six fifty for Brett Bravo, and often imitated for Brad Greeno a twenty nine forty four at Sandown over the five fifteen. Time now for it's the expert pick Simone's run of the week. The, the broken record is starting again. <laughs> <laughs> Tornado tears in the Destiny Fireball. Uh, the short price favourite gets home there. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Talking Greyhounds is presented by Christmas in July at the Meadows. Enjoy the lip-smacking Christmas buffet and electrifying greyhound racing tonight. Maturity Classic Final Night. Book on 93555222 or at themeadows.org.au. 
What's making news around the kennels? Good morning, Peter. It's an absolute thrill to have you on Talking Greyhounds this morning. Thank you for joining us. Oh, no problem at all, Simone. Peter, your association with racing, um, of course, everyone knows you as being a co-owner of Winx, but um, your racing started a long, long time ago, and it was Greyhounds that started you off. Can you take us back to that time? Well, it's a, Simone, it's a long, long time ago. Um, I was about 18 or 19 years of age when I purchased my first Greyhound, and uh, it's probably some of the most memorable times I had um, racing and then breeding greyhounds um, in Brisbane. It was um, We had a lot of luck um, racing them, and, um, yeah, just couldn't have had a better time. We, we travelled from Brisbane to Sydney a couple of times to race greyhounds, and, um, yeah, couldn't have, can't speak highly enough of, that, of those days. You had a dog called Barley Sugar. Are you able to... Um, do you have any recollection of it and what it ra- or where it raced and how it went? Yeah, it was a... I'd had a few greyhounds, and my trainer was a fellow by the name of Alf Shorter. And Alf and his wife used to, that's all they did was train greyhounds just outside of Brisbane. And he um, he got, oh, I don't know how he got onto it, but he was able to purchase, he, he was told he could purchase barley sugar. She was a greyhound from Sydney, I think. And like I'm saying, this is probably 40 years ago. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it was the... It was the um, the pricely sum of $4,250 to buy this greyhound. That's very expensive when you think all that time ago. Gee. Well, I think I think, I think think Alf Shorter, the trainer, he paid. He might have taken a third and I bought the rest. So it was a it was a, a huge leap of faith and we thought we'd bought the next, you know, gun send in greyhound racing. And <laughs> we bought her and um, we raced her. She was, and she was quite successful. She, she didn't... She didn't go on to the greatest heights we'd hoped, but she won at several tracks in Brisbane. And, you know, I think her biggest night was she ran, she raced at the Gabba Greyhound track and um, she ran second in a Christmas Cup, which was probably the biggest thrill I'd ever had. And, um, yeah, we, we raced her. And then uh, when she'd finished, we, we started, well, I started breeding with her. And at one stage, I think well, we ended up with about 12 or 15 Greyhounds. It was, <laughs> Got a little bit out of control there for a young bloke of about 19 or 20. And, um, you know, it wasn't really expensive to train greyhounds in those days. It was a, it was something you could manage. And if you could get a few wins on the board and a bit of punting, it was, um, yeah, it was quite good. I and mean, we just had the best time. I mean, I, I remember uh, I used to race under my name, but my father was heavily involved. He was more of a, a punter. He, he liked to have a bet on anything that moved. And we had a bit of success with the greyhounds. But, by golly, we had a good time. I know that. I'm sure you did, and not long after the Greyhounds, you had a dabble in harness racing as well, didn't you? Yeah, that was probably... I, I dabbled in the Greyhounds, and then my father dabbled in the in the, in the harness racing, and he was... Uh, he got a couple of couple of nice little handy, you know, provincial trotters that, you know, we, we used to go and try to back them and win every time. But, yeah, we had a bit of success there, and it was quite enjoyable. It was just a, a trip along... You know, thinking back all those years, we just used to trade. We used to race every Thursday night, or go to the dogs every Thursday night at Gabba Greyhounds, and then we used to go every Saturday to the trotting or the harness racing at a at a venue in Brisbane called Rock Lee, and uh, and even Saturday night at Albion Park. So it was a family thing. That was we we my mother went, my two sisters, my father, um, and not always all the time, but it was something that was just part of the family heritage and. 
and uh, Dad really liked to bet. It sounds like racing, certainly in your blood. So was it always a lifelong dream to have racehorses and be heavily involved with them, or did it just evolve? Yeah, it's, it's funny. It, it probably it did evolve. We, we when, when I had greyhounds, obviously, I, we knew people that had uh, thoroughbreds, and it was probably a bit always seemed to be over out of the budget, and we weren't, um, you know, flush with money, I suppose, and uh, it always seemed to be something that we would like to be involved with that didn't know a lot about. So as we worked our way with the greyhounds, and then, you know, I did that for I don't know how many years, and then sort of got out of that, and then we had a, uh, you know, two or three or four trotters or harness racing and horses, and then we had a break um, for many years, and then, you know, decided one day through a friend to get into the um, the thoroughbreds bought a oh, like a half share and a, a very cheap horse and expected it to win the Melbourne Cup. So um, <laughs> you know you know that's the, the the thing with racing and it doesn't matter whether you've got a greyhound, a harness horse or a thoroughbred. It's you buy it and I think everybody that buys any of those animals dreams of winning the ultimate prize. So it's just about buying them and dreaming. Of course it is, and for many it is just a dream, but um, your dreams have come true in the mighty mare Winks. And look, I'm not going to profess to know everything about Winks, but uh, 25 consecutive races, 18 Group 1s. Is that just something in the thoroughbred world that's just so unbelievable that um, you sometimes pinch yourself that it's actually true? Oh, look, Simone, you have to. It, you know, for so many years, you know, I have always loved having a bet and going to the races and being involved at, at all different levels. And, um, you know, we watched for so many years, you know, the Tommy Smiths, or I did, the Tommy Smiths, the Bart Cummings, the amazing horses that they had, the great feats that they achieved. And, right, you know, the, I, I can remember Kingston Town and all up to the modern-day champions, the Sunlines, you know, the Black Caviars, and, and probably looked at those horses jealously and thought, gee, you know, what would it be like to get a horse like that? You know, and it's 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 a funny thing, you know, to look back because it... Um, you know, when it come, it, it, it's come to fruition and it still seems like a bit of a, a surreal event. Recently, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but we've had a greyhound called Fanta Bale who retired a couple of months ago. Now, she won nine Group 1s and she's won $1.365 million. She raced and won Group 1s from the 525 metres to the 725. And um, I'd just like to draw a comparison, looking at Winx's record of having raced over the 1300 to the 2200 in Group 1s and winning. It's unusual for a greyhound to win Group 1s at that level um, and consecutively and so consistently. Is it unusual for a horse to do the same thing or is that just um, mixing the distances is quite a normal process? No, you look for a for a thoroughbred. It's probably um, most of them have got a pet distance that they race. You know, it's either the sprint, middle distance, or the, or the long distance races. So um, to be able to race at the level that Winks races at and be you know able to beat the competition she's beating, it's certainly something that is 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 a phenomenon in itself. It's um, you've had certain champions like um, you know, and I take nothing away from Black Caviar or Maccabi Diva. But they were absolute ultimate specialists at two different distances. One a sprinter, and 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 one a long distance Melbourne Cup style running. So they were basically unbeatable at those distances. And where um, Winks has come along, she's a little bit more versatile. Where she started off on the shorter the, the sprint trips and moved into the middle distance and, and has gone out not to the ultimate distance of the Melbourne Cup, but up to up to the twenty two hundred, twenty four hundred. Uh, 
the distance, which is which is quite amazing. And that's uh, exactly what Fanta Bale has done, and so she is being touted as the greatest of all time at this moment in time. Um, and we've had three greyhounds now win over a million dollars. I guess um, when you compare it to thoroughbred racing, we're still a long way off from a $19 million horse like Winx, but... It is phenomenal money when you think back to your days at the Gabba when you're probably running around for $50. Well, it, it's funny. Uh, I reminisce a story that um, I have a, um, a box of memories at home. You know how you keep all trinkets and things? and I've had it for forever. And in this box, it's got a, an envelope. And on the envelope, it's got it's a prize money envelope from a race I raced at the Tweed Heads Greyhound Club all those years ago, and in the envelope is three dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> and that was that was third that was third prize money. Oh, wow, three dollars. Uh, three dollars, and it's a, and it's still there. It's a one dollar note and a two dollar note. It's something that probably just got thrown aside, and it's sat there forever and a day. And to give you, I, I often think back to like what three dollars would buy today is not even a newspaper. And in back then, we would drive. I would drive an hour and a half from Brisbane to go to the Tweedhead Greyhounds to race at Greyhound. And I would have been ecstatic to run third and get three dollars. <laughs> and you'd have change left over from the petrol on the way home too, probably. Well, yes, and and it's just something that you know I think is it's important to keep your feet on the ground and not get too carried away. I mean, I'm, I don't underestimate what Winks has done, and I don't under 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 um, you know I don't underwrite what what she's done. Because she's been such a great, great animal, but she's she's just put the bar a little bit higher for the next champion to come along. And you know, there's no doubt one day someone will come along and, and you know be better again. And that that's what it's all about: these animals setting the bar for the next one to come along. Now, looking at the trial on Monday where Winx went around with uh, Chautauqua, now she was probably just flying under the radar. There was no pressure on you. Everyone was just looking at what he would do. Um, were you happy with the way that she trialled and pulled up on Monday? Yes. Uh, my wife and I were at the trial and uh, we were as interested in this Chautauqua as anyone else, but obviously had a keen eye on our girl. But look, it was just what it is. A trial is just, it's a fitness remedy for the horse to, to get her up to speed. So... That one there got rid of a bit of nervous energy, blew out the cobwebs and, you know, just did exactly what Hugh Bowman and Chris Waller wanted to do. So when the trial was over and Chris and Hugh were both smiling, well, that puts a smile on our face. So exactly what we wanted to happen, happened. And is it true you're heading her to the Winx um, stakes uh, shortly and then looking ahead to the, the BMW Cox Plate? Is that correct? Uh, yes, it's... Uh, We've been very honoured uh, that they've this year upgraded the Wink. Uh, sorry, the, it used to be called the Warwick Stakes. It was a Group Two race, right? And the uh, the ATC have honoured us greatly and Winks herself by uh, making this race a Group One race and naming it the Wink Stakes. So it's something that's you know it's an honour that I don't know how you describe, but it's just <laughs> just fantastic. So she'll go into that, and then she may have one or two more runs and. Uh, it's now the Ladbrokes Cox Plate. I'm sorry to correct you. The BMW used to sponsor it, but the, oh, the Ladbrokes, Ladbrokes. <clears throat> Ladbrokes have the big sponsorship with um, the Cox Plate now. So we, if everything goes right, that's that's where we'd like to end up and um, and and get her there in the best condition so that she can be competitive. So yeah, that's the plan. 
Well, uh, no doubt she's in absolutely wonderful hands and um, with Chris Waller and your jockey Hugh Bowman, yourself as owners, always putting the welfare of the horse first. She always looks amazing on the track and I'm certainly not professing to be a thoroughbred expert at all, but I do have, you know, horses myself and off the track horse, so I love just a horse as it is. Um, But... Yeah, can't wait to see her race again in the spring. She's just such a treat. And look, Peter, it's been a treat having you on the program this morning. Thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I felt like we could talk for another half an hour, but um, might have to have you on again sometime. Oh, look, no problem. I'm happy to happy to come on and um, yeah, look, share any story. I, I like I said to you earlier, I I treasure very much my days in the greyhound industry, and and I and I'm still a keen follower, and I do watch. Um, you know the good dogs like Panda Bale and and uh, and and you know get quite enjoyment of, of of reminiscing of what it used to be like. So uh, the greyhounds are never far away from uh, from my memories. Oh, that's great to hear too. And who knows, we might see you back on the the track one day. You know, handling or being up on the dais as a, a winning owner. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount that. Simone There's always a possibility. I love I love the racing game and. Uh, and it's not—it's not just tied to thoroughbreds. You know, the greyhounds, the harness, any any of those sports, I dearly love. Oh, Simone, that was a great chat. Really enjoyed your uh, conversation there, your interview with Peter Ty. What an absolute star. So uh, so grounded for a man who's won so much money, I suppose, and is at the heights of the racing game. Um, just uh, obviously got his uh, feet well and truly on the ground. That was sensational. Uh, absolutely blew me away, that interview, Trent. And um, I think he'll probably curse himself now or curse me. I'm sure there'll be three uh, some people coming up asking him for his $3. <laughs> <laughs> Wowee, $3 for uh, third place uh, back in the day. It's uh, how times have changed. All right, we need to uh, get cracking with the final segment of our show here on Talking Greyhounds. Last week's dog to follow was? Grey Ghost, and he ended up winning a semi-final of the Vic Breeders Maiden Series at Ballarat on Wednesday night in Best of the Night, 25-24. My dog to follow this week is I Got It. It's now had six starts for six wins. Uh, had its first run on a horseshoe at Shepparton on Thursday night and won in 22.05 after having five straight wins up the straight at Healesville. And your best bet saluted last week. Uh, let's I hope we can do it again this week. Black Forge, race 10, number eight at the Meadows tonight. He's been a little bit unlucky throughout the maturity series, but I think tonight this is his race uh, a little bit easier. That brings us to the end of today's show. What's coming up over the next couple of weeks? The National Heats start at Sandown on Thursday night. Then not far away, we have the Heats of the Warrigal St. Ledger. It's worth 25000 this year and also the Shepparton Cup Heats. It's been a big, busy show, Simone. Thank you, as always, and enjoy Maturity Classic Final Night. I will. And uh, Trent, as we always say... Keep those tails wagging. And we'll take a quick break here on RSN 927. On the other side, we go talking trots with Blake Redden and Jason Bonington from HRV. Big night coming up at Tabacorp Park, Melton. The Group 2 Australian Pacing Gold Melbourne Autumn Sale Final, the feature. We'll be uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.